All right, we'll kick it off then. Welcome to The Passing Nerd. Um, my name's Ben. I'm joined by uh, Cal, our resident DM uh, with Horsham Gamers. So welcome, Cal. Hello. Hi. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. That's all right. Um, and we've got Ross, who knows absolutely nothing. <laughs> How are you, Ross? Oh, fine, thanks. Good, I'm pleased. This is, this is brand new for all of us. Um, it's something that we've come up with via Horsham Gamers, which I think is a good idea. Um, hopefully it will take off. And we, we kind of want to, uh, just for you know, everyone's benefit, really, we want to try and get everyone involved to um, maybe do um, a, a podcast with us, get, um, get them on the podcast. And um, we're trying it out today, trying out the new software. And I so said we've... We're going to get some cool stuff in it later. I mean, as you, as we'll find out, Cal is on the um, on the podcast himself. He's he's done some amazing audio work, which I can't stop singing. Yeah, so hopefully uh, uh, it will go down well. Um, so this episode is all about episode one, Dungeons and Dragons. Now I know we have done one episode of uh, the Tales of Ascuria, as is, is an amazing name, but uh, we will get our second one in. I promise. At some point, let's just start off. We'll, we'll crack off. So. Uh, as you are the resident D and D master of all, Cal, can you just give us a, uh, just a background of D on D and D, especially for Ross? Because honestly, he's sat here with a face like he don't know what's going on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got a clue. I said, seriously. Uh, yeah, so give us a bit of an intro, mate. D and D or Dungeons and Dragons. It originated in kind of the the seventies. Specifically, it kind of it evolved from from wargaming. Evolved from if you think of like probably the the most ubiquitous name that I can think of for wargaming nowadays is Warhammer, like Warhammer Fantasy or Warhammer Forty K. Yeah. So um, the original creators of D and D, specifically our Lord and Savior, Mister Gary Gygax, um, <laughs> he originally was you know pl- playing in these these games with your massive armies, and he was basically thinking, what if we shrunk down the scale of this? What if instead of it being like hundreds of people fighting each other and it being kind of like the the balance of the universe is at stake what if it was these four guys what if it was like this dude this dude this dude and this dude Mm. what would it be like if it was them fighting and what if it was kind of lower stakes stuff and telling more personal stories so eventually he kind of like formed rule sets based around that um original D is very much about dungeon raiding and that's the origin of the name dungeons and dragons is that's pretty much all that it was about to begin with um it was mostly focused around kind of combat rules as you would expect because it had evolved from more gaming so eventually dungeons and dragons and role-playing games in general have kind of evolved over time into this vast array of different things um tools for different kinds of situations and for most people the fun that they get from dungeons and dragons that i have experienced is now that the rules have kind of been like developed and evolved over various different generations of the game starting with like the original dungeons and dragons and now Mm. we're at like um, the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. There have been more than five editions of Dungeons and Dragons, but that's just that's, naming that's conventions. Crazy. Just to even jump in there, do you know, even when I started myself, it's. I know there's a starter set, and we, we can talk about that later. But uh, the iterations of the game, all the way back from the beginning, um, and th- there's even side things, side areas of those versions as well, isn't there? Mm. Like I've seen them. Things like, uh, am I right, Pathfinder and things like that. So. Yeah, lots of things have kind of split off from Dungeons & Dragons over time. In the way that you're going to get with something which 
is kind of a constantly evolving thing lots of people get involved like dungeons and dragons nowadays like way back when it was gary gygax in his basement and Mm. as with most successful things it gets bigger more people get involved there's more stuff um and the community around dungeons and dragons has evolved to the point where a big part of being in the community of dungeons and dragons is creating your own stuff because really that's the point of the game is to create your own stories and create your own stuff but to be able to share that with other people. And so quite often you'll get side projects of people being like, what if Dungeons and Dragons was this? What if Dungeons and Dragons was that? Let's make our own thing. And in the case of some of them, like most recently, Dungeon Master's Guide to Ravnica, which is set in the Magic the Gathering universe. And it's just, what if Dungeons and Dragons was Magic the Gathering? And it's like, that makes perfect sense. That's just one of the many different kind of things that you can do with Dungeons and Dragons is I want to do something, but I want it to be in this universe and work like this. Mm, And the power of Dungeons and Dragons as a tool set is that it kind of lets you just do that. I quite like that as well. I I play magic myself. I mean, that's that's a whole other subject anyway. Um, Do you play magic, Ross? No. Do you you have any idea what magic is? I do, I do, yes. The card game, the old school. It's still been going around for... Again, it's a bit like D&D, there's other iterations of it, but I like the way that there is... I want to call it like a cross... Like a cross world of different okay. games, left, right, and center. Okay. A lot of crossovers, like in yeah, yeah. And there's uh, and I've seen uh, that monsters used from D and D in other games as well, which is I, I quite like that idea of everyone sharing that type of uh, I guess that mythic creature or that mythic uh, genre, as it were. I quite enjoy that. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the point of of D and D to a certain degree. That the company which now owns kind of the, the the license of Dungeons and Dragons and all of that kind of stuff is called Wizards of the Coast, yeah. and they really really get Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so often for you to see a company kind of buy out like a, a name brand and not really understand what to do with it. These are guys who really get it and guys who really care about it to the point where. They make a big deal about the fact that if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, if you want to go out there and play right now, you literally just need to go to their website and you can download the basic rules, some character sheets, everything you need to play your own home game. You can download from them for free because they want you to be able to play it. Yeah, yeah. I'll put. I'll tell you what we will do. I came across that the other day because I was starting. I did go out and buy the book actually, but. I like the collectible. I'll put that in the link, actually, with some notes with the, with the podcast. But yeah, and it's one of those things that I think that anyone can jump into it. And one of the, I, I have noticed already though, it is, it is a, um, I mean, the whole D and D community itself uh, for me, it is, it is a game, but it's a, it's a fun, serious game. So if you do come along, you know, you, you really do need to participate. I mean, if you're not participating, you're, you're not kind of on it. Are you? You're not, you're not really with it. It's a game where you get out of it what you put into it. Like, yeah. that's the beauty of it, but that's also the limitation of it. That whatever you put out there in your game, if you want to come along and be... <sighs> there's a stereotype of a kind of player, and I've come across, mm. thankfully, very few of them. But players yeah. who are like, I'm going to be the cool, stoic badass... And what they mean by that is I'm going to sit at the table and I'm going to have a grumpy face on and not talk to anyone. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, I can only work with what you give me as a dungeon master. I respond to you. So if you sit there and give me a grumpy face and don't tell me anything, 
I can't do anything for you. And I feel like that's a thing that a lot of people bounce off Dungeons and Dragons early on because you have to actually put yourself out there to a certain degree. You have to have that character essentially. Yeah. You have to have that willingness to put yourself on the line. You have to kind of throw yourself out there. It's, it's very like improv. If you've ever done improv comedy or seen improv comedy, the basics of how improv comedy work and how D&D work are very, very similar in that it's very much the rules are yes and you build on what you're given, you work with that and you have to make yourself a character and make yourself a character that is strong enough that the other people around you understand what your character is and can latch onto it and can work with that. And when you yeah. do that, when you do that successfully, that's when you get a really, really fantastic role play going. Everyone's got their unique style. And I think that the, the most appealing thing towards D&D, which I've already started to notice, is that everyone can bring their own style to the game. Everyone can be a character, but they can put their own twist on it. I mean, even before we joined um, the, you know, the, the campaign that you're starting to run for Horsham Gamers itself, I, you know, I YouTube videos left, right and centre. And every one of them says, you know, just give it a go. And actually, to be honest with you, that leads us on to the next bit. I mean, we're about Dungeon Master itself, because we have a Dungeon Master and we have PCs, player characters, right? So yes. um, we know that you are our Dungeon Master uh, for Horsham Gamers um, D&D online session. But yeah, so as a DM, I know you've already uh, you've touched on, um, I guess, hints and tips for PCs anyway, but how much effort do you have to put in as a DM to keep the story going and keep the interaction going between everyone else around you? Uh, that's that's a tough question to answer because a lot of it depends on outside factors. So me personally, because of the way that I like to DM, I like to DM things by basically setting up a wider universe and having things kind of have their own motion to them. Uh, basically, I want it to be that say none of the characters existed, say none of the player characters existed in this universe... I would still be able to tell a story about this universe. I would still be able to say, well, this happens and these people respond to it in this way and these people respond to it in this way. I like to have a world which kind of has its own momentum to it. I know a lot of other DMs don't like to do that because it is a lot of work to do up front because you'll probably remember this from the like the character creation session that, that we oh, did, yeah. that basically there was like a and now have a 20 minute monologue about how this world works yeah pretty much that was and that that for me i mean for ross's benefit so character creation is the first step it, it's one of those things that uh, i'll show you the book and everyone can see it online with the starter set but there is a book and it's this thick it's it's, it's a huge it's an amazing book but in there yeah to create a character you can't just say i want to be a human wizard it doesn't really work. No, like you'd that. have to have personality traits. Okay. That's yeah. right. There, there's there's traits. There's there's add-ons. There's there's weapons, and some of it is predetermined, um, but also some of it is just it's probability. So everything's a role. I mean, again, for for me, uh, we were thinking of following a standard sheet, mm-hmm. but um, uh, uh, rolling it was a bit more. I want to say exciting, mm. just to have a um, uh, to, to to say a few because. If you're just following a quite set standard of baselines, it, it didn't seem. But then again, fair. characters don't follow rules and baselines this anyway. Is it. Absolutely, you know, you're going to have certain you know, probabilities of things yeah. going wrong, aren't you? Absolutely, and yeah. how people react to that and that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, abso- absolutely, and that's 
one of the things that I really, really like about um, character creation. Some games are very, very involved upfront in terms of your character creation is one of the most kind of technically difficult things that you will do most of the time for 5e. Yep. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you need to consider. You're not there's, wrong. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that you need to kind of think your way through. And especially if you are new to Dungeons & Dragons, it can be a bit opaque sometimes. This isn't a failure of the people who make Dungeons & Dragons. It's not a failure of Wizards of the Coast that it's a bit opaque. It's simply the fact that this game is kind of over 40 years old at this point. And when a game gets to 40 years old and you're kind of adding new things piecemeal, eventually it gets to a point where you have this massive book full of stuff and there's no real way to kind of streamline it particularly easily. So you have to have this amount of stuff. And I'm going to say that Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, they streamlined it a hell of a lot. As, as, a, as an entry point then, where would you consider to the best entry point? Um, in terms of would you go right back to the beginning or would you start a, a, a fifth Ooh. edition? Or? Oh no, I would not go back to the beginning. Um, <laughs> That's a sore spot. <laughs> it's 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 less it's less a sore spot and more that like Dungeons and Dragons as it has evolved has become a more complex tool for telling more complex stories. So the kind of stuff that I would recommend. Fifth edition strikes a good balance between being simple enough that if you don't know anything, um, as long as you have either a DM who's willing to explain things to you or any myriad of wonderful YouTube videos that can explain it to you, um, you would be able to just jump in and be like, okay, I feel like I have a good enough idea of how to do this now. And I'd also say that fifth edition is a good place to start for most people uh, because it's so accessible. Like, it's designed to be accessible to a wide variety of people, whereas very much, at least with first edition, it was not. It was not designed to be accessible. It was designed to be people who basically already know how war games work, who want to play a different thing. This this kind of leads me into a, something that I wanted to talk about. When you first said, can we talk about D&D on the, on, on the podcast? I thought, well, yeah, yeah obviously that would be a good thing to talk about. But this yeah. immediately came to mind as something that I wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. um, which is that as kind of part of the, the discussion that we're having about the differences between different editions, the fact that D&D is not the only game out there, but D&D has this occupied space of being A, one of the first, so it has that kind of following to it because of that, and B, it's the only one that's like, a household name it's it's the same as like in when people refer to a vacuum cleaner as a hoover it's like that's a brand of vacuum cleaner it's when people quite often when they mean i'm playing a dice-based tabletop rpg they'll say i'm playing D," and yeah. it's like well you're, you're not you're playing a different game entirely but okay it's yeah. If if you go to a person, the average person on the street, and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing tonight?" and you say, "Oh, I'm playing a dice-based tabletop RPG," they'd be like, "You're doing a what now with a what?" <laughs> and you go, "Oh, I'm playing D and D." They go, "Oh, yeah, that thing with the figurines and the monsters." And you're like, "Yeah, That's it gives them the a good trait. enough basic yeah. idea." Yeah. But D and D is not all that there is out there. Well, there they, are, well, they uh, might say that, um, "Oh, are you playing Warhammer?" 
yeah yeah, yeah it's 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 exactly the same thing mm. but yeah. i just want to say that like D D is a dnd fifth edition is a very very comprehensive tool for telling very specific kinds of stories it's very good at telling fantasy stories which have the like standard rules for how this works how that works how this works like there's a reason why it's very difficult for you to create a completely original D setting when you're using 5e because some things are kind of hard coded into it some things are like well unless i decide to do like a complete from the ground up rewrite there are going to be humans and there are going to be elves and there are going to be gnomes and there are going to be dwarves you have to kind of have those things you can reflavor them to a certain degree but you kind of have to have those things and things have already been started out it's a very like statistics heavy game which means that for you to kind of build things from the ground up if you want to start changing things that are fundamental to the game, it's very difficult. The analogy that I came up with is Dungeons and Dragons is kind of like a spork in that a spork is quite useful for quite a number of things. You could conceivably use it as both a spoon and a fork, but if you want to use that as a knife, it's not going to work quite as well. And it's never going to work quite as well as if you wanted to use a fork and you just used a fork. This is a strained analogy, but every different system is good for a different kind of thing because they're the kind of things which the system is designed for you to use them for. So there are plenty of games out there, which quite often I'll find online, there'll be people saying, I'm really struggling. I want to do like a D&D campaign, but I want it to be set in space. And it just doesn't work. And I'm like, well, no, because... That's not what D&D is designed for. If you were to look at this, however, if you were to take, for example, off the top of my head, you could run a space campaign using Traveller. You could run it using Stars Without Number. You could run it using, like, Fate if you wanted to. There are lots and lots of systems which are designed instead to be able to handle lots of different kinds of settings and lots of customizability and all this kind of stuff. And there are ones which are designed for specific settings. D&D is the most popular one because most people are familiar with Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and the general kind of fantasy Western stuff that exists. And that is not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. But I just want to say, just if there's anyone out there who's thinking, oh, I want to... It sounds like it's a fun thing to do, but I don't really care about, like, elves and dwarves. There's other stuff out there. There's plenty of stuff out there. And chances are... There's like, if you can think of a genre, there is a system that works for it. And even for some specific universes, like there's a bunch of Star Wars ones, there's a bunch of Star yeah. Trek ones. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I, I was speaking about it earlier, but I mean, the Crawley Gaming community, they, they're doing a, um, I believe, a Star Wars RPG um, using that own system. Um, and again, the, the one I was looking at was Star Trek Adventures. It's, mm. it's quite, I think it's quite new. Um, I mean, I bought the book, and, you know, and the only reason I got it really that I, I kind of want to get and look at it is that I, I'm I already enjoy D and D, but I exactly what you said. I like stuff that's in space. I've never been the type of guy that does the orcs, and that. And I've played a lot of World of Warcraft, and I've watched Lord of the Rings, but it's not really interested me mm. as much as I'd like it to. But go to the Star Trek side of things. 
I'm not a Trekkie by far. Just throwing that out there for the community, but I do enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a best, It's an easier point to get on. What well, it is is because I, I think a lot of it's because I've I've followed Star Trek mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Um, if someone's followed Lord of the Rings more, or they've played uh, World of Warcraft more, etc., etc., or any th- that type of genre, then yes, I mean D and D that would suit. But I went for the Star Trek route because it, it it looks something that I would be more interested in. But doesn't mean to say you, you want to try both. Right? And it's generally more familiar because it's been on the telly and you exactly all that yeah. sort of community there. Um, but I think you hit it on the nail there, Cal, when you basically said that there is a system for every aspect of a game. So one of the things, uh, another thing we can talk about, again, that moves us nicely on to the next one, is about we have Dungeon Masters that set the scene like yourself and um, you guys inevitably control it, but you need the input of player characters because without mm. the player characters, you, you haven't got the scene, you haven't got the momentum, etc. So um, for, uh, from your perspective, Carl, is there any tips that you could give um, for, for player characters? I mean, for, from a DM aspect instead of a, you know, a, a PC aspect. Absolutely. The first thing I'd say to remember is that your DM is not all knowing. Like it's it's kind of weird because I've I've pretty much always been a DM in campaigns, but I've also been a player a couple times. And when I've been a player, I've always sat there thinking, "Oh, well, if I ask this question, like obviously they'll know the answer because they're the DM. Yeah. They know everything. They are the world, they are the universe. They know everything." Mm-hmm. But I also know that as a DM, half the time I'll get asked questions by player characters and I'll be like, I literally had not even thought about that as a possibility. It's it's very much, it's, it's improv. So don't feel like you're ever treading on toes when you're playing the game, because quite often you can kind of assert something. And this is at least, this is at least a general rule which I tend to follow and that I know from speaking to other GMs, they also tend to follow is that... If a player character says something about the universe and is just like, yeah, this this is this is how this works, um, unless you have said something that's like directly opposite to it, or unless the world just does not fit that and does not allow for it, you kind of go with it. You kind of just go, yeah, that's true. That's how the world works. Yeah, that's that's quite a. It's a very strange thing to get your head around as well. Mm. And again, going back to what I said earlier, is that you, the world's your oyster. You can you can adapt anything and everything mm. you want to this. It is difficult. I wouldn't say it's easy mm. because not only are you having to uh, interact with everyone, you've also got to be thinking what the DM's thinking. You've got to be think of. You've got to remember your surroundings. Mm. But having a good DM like Cal. It, it, <laughs> It makes it very easy to uh, to to put your mind where the game is. Mm. Um, here, here's here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna step in here. You said uh, you've got to think about what you're thinking, what the DM's thinking. Mm. Here is a tip: don't think about what the DM's thinking. Mm. Don't worry about that. Don't don't worry about that in the slightest. Yeah. Yes, that is a fantastic tip that I want to give. Always ask questions, even yeah. if 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 you're ever sitting in a, in like a situation with your character and you're like i don't know what to do now the best thing to do is just ask any question just be like what can i see around me in my immediate area or like yeah uh, if i were to go over there what would happen or this person that you've mentioned over there what can what can i tell about them from looking at them if you ask questions it will increase the amount of information that you know and having yeah. more information will always give you an idea 
or an option for what to do next. I mean, a good tip for uh, a, a player character is that as a new... Uh, use me as an example. As a new player, where would I go to find out what can be done? Is it just the book or do I have to... Do I have to ask, or is there a certain place I can go on the web to find out? Um, first, yeah, where would th- I go? First thing I'd say, the best thing that you can do is if you want to try and do something, if you have an idea for your character, or you're like, I want to do this, don't worry about whether it's something which is like quote unquote possible. Ask your DM, can I do this? And it's the DM's yeah. job to know, okay, so if, if you came to me tomorrow and were like, so I know Raukini is a wizard, and I know that he wants to cast this spell and this spell, but would it be possible for, like, me to also, like, breathe fire? I would be like, okay, um, let me see what the options are for this. Chances are, if there's something that you want to do, there will be a way to do it. And it's the job of the DM to know what all the like variables are and to do the research more than it's your job to do that. Is there anything else you want to talk about PCs, Cal? Any, any other tips before we move on? The only last tip that I would give is if you're a PC, don't be afraid to take control of a scene. If okay. you have a clear idea of what you want to do in a scene, if you have a clear idea of what you want to be going on around you, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to... If your GM is describing something to say, hang on, a second ago you said this. I want to like zero in on this and make something of it. Just take control of a scene because as a DM, as a GM, as whatever you want to call it, it's always the most like wonderful, heartwarming thing for me. If I'm describing a scene and a character zeroes in and grabs something and goes, yes, I want to latch onto that. I know I've done my job properly because I know that I have described the world in such a way that you want to respond to it. That's a good tip, actually. And it's something I'm already starting to, especially on the next episode, I think I'll, I, will, I will get more involved. And in, uh, again, it's, it's, it's learning. It's a whole learning process. So headline news, just a little bit about what's been going on. I've been just having a look around myself. Uh, the Essential Rules Guide online has been updated. It got updated yesterday, apparently. So uh, Jeremy Crawford announced that the the online guide has been given a slight improvement. Uh, it's got new information and artwork being added to the PDF, which is good. Yeah, they like, like I was saying earlier, they really just want people to get involved and try it. And they're putting as much information out there as they really can. They made damn sure when Wizards of the Coast took over that at least the basic rules and all the stuff that you need to know to just play a game is always going to be available to you and they are making an effort to constantly update it to make it better for new players and that yeah. is wonderful that's great yeah and that's this i think that's the appeal that's taken off online it's it's helping newer players get into it and i think in general i think dungeons and dragons is coming highly back on the scene now yeah and it's all i'd say it's it's a combination of things it's a combination of um, the people at Wizards of the Coast doing a really good job of making the content available. It's also um, Wizards of the Coast, various people who work for them do D&D campaigns and stream them. Um, so uh, if you've ever wanted to see what a comedy D&D series about people who run a dungeoneering corporation is, then there's Acquisitions Incorporated, which is hilarious. Also, various shows like, obviously, 
critical role is a behemoth of um of, of hype creation for fifth edition um same for things like high rollers and role play and all of these wonderful shows which are really kind of showing people that it's fun and it's varied and it's something you can just do with your friends and have fun that's great and um just following on from that i mean one of the other things are on at the moment i mean amazon themselves or uh, everything's on offer especially with the black friday and the, the cyber monday all the everything's just um uh, on sale currently so things like the the starter set is is low so i know with the starter set itself is a predefined um campaign and but it, it gives people the understanding of how to get into it but but even taking a step back from that you if, to me i don't think you even need that i think you just need to know someone who's doing a campaign and and has to join in i'd, I'd even say you don't even have to know people who already know this stuff i this is the story that's going to be really really familiar to most people who are gms i became a gm because i wanted to try and play something but all of my friends were too lazy to be gms so i had to be gm and then it's like okay i have no idea how to do this and my first like my first sessions with my mates were a complete mess it was a shambles i got everything wrong but we still had fun Right. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you get the rules right or the rules wrong. It doesn't matter if you look at a rule and think, that's stupid, I don't want to use it. D&D gives you that option. And specifically, um, the designer Jeremy Crawford in a tweet very recently was like, if you don't like a rule in 5th edition, just don't use it. Yeah. It's not a sacred text. You do what you want. Have fun. No, I think that's a, a great outro of the show. And I think anyone who wants to get involved with it is is enjoying it and just a, a quick shout out actually before we, we do sign this one off but gobsmack comics in, in horsham itself i know that their their dnd um merchandise is, is on the grow i was in there the other day talking with uh, uh with drew and, and some of the other staff members in there and it, it, because it's becoming more of a presence um they are they're going to be stocking a lot more dungeons and dragons um stuff so definitely check them out it's, it's worth doing it support your locals is what i say um Okay, um, I think I think we'll have to call it there. Um, so thank you, uh, one to Ross. I know you've sat there and you've taken it all in. I, I, I'm impressed. Like a sponge. I, <laughs> he's sweating like a sponge. That's what it is. But that's because your hive's too hot, yeah. mate. <laughs> Don't blame that's the house, Ross. Um, and again, yeah, thank you to Cal uh, for coming along and, and explaining all that. It's... Um, I'm hoping some people do take some tips, hints. I certainly have, anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Uh, no, it's no. been a real pleasure. It's been brilliant. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're, we're signing up from here. We are hoping to do this every single week. Um, if you do have any suggestions, we are... The, the, the Passing Nerd is supported by um, Horsham Gamers, so please email podcast at horsham-gamers.co.uk if you have any suggestions or you want to appear on the show and talk, talk gaming. This is what we're here to do, not... All gaming, so we're talking consoles, PC, tabletop, D&D, anything. You want to, you know, pop any amount along, and we'll, we'll, we'll happily have you on board and, and get you involved. But um, apart from that, uh, happy gaming. Goodbye. <laughs>